me in the street. I'm not trying to find nobody else to be. I know when they come to see because they are. Believe me. Like I said, I'm not trying to find nobody else to be, man. You know what I'm saying? Because they all believe me. But if one nigga <laughs> got it easy, man, it's that nigga Drake, dog. That nigga got it way easy in life. Like, listen to this song. This is the number one Billboard hit. Black leather gloves, no crease in it. Nike crossbody, there's a piece in it. Buckles on my jacket, it's a leak shit. I can show you how to, I can dance, but it's really on some street shit. I can show you how to do it. It goes left foot up, right foot slide, right foot up, left foot slide. And you know when somebody is not explaining some shit well and it's some bullshit, they say basically. So then he says, basically what I'm saying is we go slide. Like, and then this is the number one hit. And all this nigga had to do is get somebody to record me in my rich ass house. And then, boom. It's a vibe, if, they, if there's anybody, I'm like, I'll trade places with that person. Maybe Drake for like a day to figure out the formula, and I'll just go back to being normal me, and then i just start killing shit at a higher level because I didn't got a day of knowing how this nigga figured this shit out and just decoded the matrix and pushes all buttons so easily. I just need a day of that shit. Maybe like a half a day. Like, give me like the... I mean, like, the, the, the thing about it, though, the, the main reason that you wouldn't be able to do that, like, you could live in it, walk a day in his shoes and figure out his sauce and how he do everything, but... You still gonna be dark skin, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's that light skin shit. <laughs> he can do that shit. <laughs> you got light skin, curly hair and shit. He, he know how to sing. Like, that, that. you you forgetting how he came up. Like, he was killing shit on a mixtape, but then he was he was singing and melodizing and doing a crooner shit. I like, can croon. Every step he took was a... A block to build the empire that he's yeah. been doing now, bro. He he got that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's not too late for he's me. He's been doing the same shit. It's not too late for me. I can start singing. I already got bars. And I mean, hey, the, again, the bleaching technology, the bleaching man. technology has really improved <laughs> over the years. Yeah, and if they could bring LeBron here linebacker, it's still hope for you on that. And the run. thing is, man, is that this nigga wants to cover all the bases because he's like, what did he say? Light skinned, but I'm still a dark nigga. No, you're not, nigga. You benefit from being light skinned. Don't sit up here and try to take my shit, too. No, you're not. Fuck you. No, you're not. Fuck out of here. You can't do that. He's talking about his soul, bro. Well, how does it work if I'm dark skinned, but in my soul, I'm a light skinned nigga? You are now rocking with Anthropophagy, where we mind and mind culture. We got your boy Silky here, the Silk Man, El Say Doso, Naom De Swa, Air Silky, up here in H Town for the time being. Got my man Louis Newton in the D. What up, though? Well, it's Louis Newton, the people's champ, the resident RZA of the podcast, here just to get the people what they want. Yes, sir. Today, we're talking about creating your own reality, how your thoughts create your words, how your words create your actions, your actions create your character, your character creates your environment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Silky is a spiritual man, man. I believe in cosmic energy and pranic energy and all that. So I'm up here rocking with the master key system, getting there, you know, getting insight and realizing, you know, you ain't going to get rich if, you, if you're toiling away. If you're John Henry out here trying to fight against the universe and fight against the machine, you know, you got to think. You know what I'm saying? And with that, 
You know what I'm saying? That that power of thought. I got a quote I want to read y'all from the Master Key System here, where it says, those who know what Master is that? Key System is a book. Good question. Master Key System was the predecessor to The Secret. The Secret was a phenomenon. It caught wind. It got on Oprah's book club, which was basically about creating positive. If you think positive thoughts, your life will reflect, reflect the thoughts that you have. And what? That's Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra. Uh, that was the, her name is like Rhonda Byrne or something. But oh, okay. she got this idea from a book called The Master Key System, which was written by Charles Hamill, who was actually born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so shout out to him. But this book oh, okay. really breaks down what the secret commercialized in a sense, right? And it's all about the okay. power of thought. And it resonates with me when I'm able to see things that are the same message and different texts that are supposed to be uh, adhered to and, re- and revered. Like, so for instance, the Bible right. says, as a man thinketh, so is he. You know what I'm saying? Drake said, the power of the mind is not a joke. So it's like, you got two people telling you that this is the shit. <laughs> so you go from God to Drake, huh? Drake, Drake. So then, so this, this book is all about your power to think, your power to create your own reality from your thoughts. And I want to pick up in a part here where it says, those who know that unless we are willing to think, we shall have to work. And unless we think, the more we shall have to work. And the less we shall get for our work. Mm. You know what? Uh, you you, you own something, man. I guess great minds think alike because that's something I have said to people. I tell my kids this. I, I tell people at work this. Like, the more you invest in yourself, the more in when, when I say invest in yourself, like, I mean, just put work into you. Like, it could be working out. It could be school. But the more you invest into you, the less you'll have to, the less effort you will have to put out and the more money you're going to bring in. Like, if you got a doctorate in something, you're going to be doing a lot less work than a dude who's walking in off the street. And I don't mean less work. is I mean less strenuous work. So the more you put in yourself, the less that people are going to get out of you to for you to live comfortable. Yeah. Like you, it's, like it's you say, less work. Uh, the physical work, the action is what happens after the thought. So the value comes in the thought that's created. Now we're talking just purely, we're going to get into some, some more direct results of this, but if we're talking about just from just the way work is created, corporate America is created, you have a thought of like, hey, I want to build this car. You design this car in your head, mm-hmm. and you got people that are engineers that are making like, say, a hundred something thousand dollars to fucking put it on, put it on paper, and then you got people right. making just, I don't know, the full value chain, but you got people going all the way down to the line making, I don't know, like $25 an hour to put it together. But the person that came up with the idea is making millions because they just had the idea to make this car. So that kind of translates to like the thought mm. is more powerful than the action of getting something done. It's, you're missing one little thing in this capitalistic society. <laughs> I, I can't let that go uh, fall through the wayside. A lot of times, like let's say the... Uh, with the car so you have an idea I want to make a car I want it to be like this the dude who comes up with that idea most of the time isn't the dude who has the means to implement that idea so in capitalism what generally happens is you have this million dollar idea you have to give it to somebody who has millions to implement it and you get a hundred thousand off of your million dollar idea (laughs) like Henry Henry Ford like he didn't figure out how to put that how to make those fucking uh lines run it, it was some black dude but he when they ran into a problem he said get it done i need this to be that <laughs> that was his contribution that in money when you got uh jeff bezos he 
he he had an idea in his garage to come up with this thing, but he's not making things. He's not making the things that people buy from Amazon. Not at first. He was just saying, you got a thing, you want it, I'll facilitate that. I'll middleman it. And then he got big enough to where he says, oh, now I own the internet. Now I own the means to get this to that. I can look at where you're getting your shit, who's of the, where the supplier's getting this shit. I can buy that shit and put that supplier out of business. Now the customer has to come directly to me. So but his that's like, all, that's still and, the thought that you had the thought of how to make this work, and then you're able to find people and incentivize them in a way that they get the work done that you initially thought of. But back to your example of like Henry Ford, someone saying this is how this should run. So you pay them $100,000 for their million-dollar idea, right? And Henry Ford gets all right. the credit, and his name's on buildings and all this different stuff. Same thing happened mm-hmm. with McDonald's. So McDonald's yep. was some brothers that had a, a, a hamburger joint that was doing well in California. But Ray Kroc, who, interesting enough, in this in the, in the movie, made a point of him listening to these these uh, these are these uh these records about people talking about the power of thought and creating your intention he would fall asleep to that shit right. so he sees right. this and he gets the idea of let's franchise this thing now he owns it right. now he's the multi-millionaire he's all over the place <laughs> exactly. they just got their little pittance for starting this thing you know same thing with like fucking right. Diddy like you look at even fucking P. Diddy man like he wasn't making those peaks he just had an idea of, this is what's going to work if we take glossy rap and we mix it with some some well-known samples of like David Bowie and Sting or whoever this is going to be right, a hit. Right. I don't know how to make these fucking beats. I don't think Diddy probably made a fucking beat in his life. All he did was hire some niggas that knew how to make beats, called him the hitman, and he gets all the credit for it. So it's always going to I be... I think Diddy made beats. I think so. I think so. Like back back in his early days, I think he did. Super early days. I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sure. I would sure, venture man. that bad boy... When we're talking about Diddy's run, his success, we're talking about Bad Boy. We're talking about Bad Boy 96 to like 99, 2000 or whatever. And the people that were responsible for that production were the hitmen. It wasn't Diddy. It was a group of motherfuckers that he put together that made beats for him. But he had the aesthetic and the idea that he wanted, the direction. So bringing it back full circle, like Diddy is a perfect example of creating your own reality. Like even from the beginning, like his work ethic is legendary and he always knew where he was going. He was always had this singular vision that fueled his drive to get there. And you you always heard people of people when he when he got to where he was, like people under him, they're like just being around him makes you work 10 times harder because he's where you want to be. And he's still working. And he's there. Like it's time to go home, but he's still working. And he's looking at me like, oh, you trying to get where I am? How the fuck you leaving before me? I already got it. <laughs> you trying to get to be me. You ain't going to get there. Like, so that, that shit is contagious. But from the very beginning, he was putting that shit into the universe that this is who, this is what I want. And this is what I'm going for. And this is what I'm going to do to get it. And look where it got him. Like that, that shit worked. And that's something that I, I mean, I, I listened to on um, YouTube. Uh, shout out to YouTube, man. YouTube University, man. They got this network. It's called BYBO, I believe, where it goes into you're talking about all of, you know, any any rapper or successful person that we consider successful, you know, like a Floyd Mayweather or Jay-Z okay. or Drake or Big Sean, any of these people that we can see some immediate success that's tangible. But you can't necessarily say that about Jeff right. Bezos. I didn't go to Princeton, you know, I don't, I didn't code shit, right? But like a Jay-Z right. or somebody like a Drake or somebody like that where it's like their talent is just their thoughts, their creative ability, you can get there, right? But a lot of it is they knew where they wanted to go. 
No, don't, don't, don't get cynical on me. Because <laughs> we're talking about you create your own reality. Like, according to your thoughts is what you're going to get. You reap what you sow. So if your thoughts are saying, I can be this, then your actions are going to precede that. And it's the same thing, like, if you say, hey, I want to buy a Range Rover, every time you go on the street, you're seeing those Range Rovers, right? Because so right, if you have right. this mentality that this is where I want to be, this is then when an opportunity comes up that aligns with where you're going, you're going to perceive that a lot more than somebody who's got their head on the, in the ground and not, not seeing the opportunities where they come from. But this BYBO, one of the consistent things about when they when they talk about these people and their progress and their road to success was that they had a vision. They had an outline of where they wanted to go. They set goals and stuck right. to those goals. It's the same thing. They had a documentary about Jay-Z. Uh, it's on YouTube called A Genius from Brooklyn or something like that. One of the singular things yeah. that several people said, because what they did, they interviewed people along the way of Jay-Z becoming successful. I mean, going all the way back to Marcy Project selling drugs in Hawaiian Sophie days, right? Those people. Right. They always said this person always knew where they were going. They always had an outline of what they wanted to do and when and had an idea of where they were headed once they got aligned with, okay, I'm going to pursue rap as a career. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll leave you with mm, one more, right, one more right. Drake said on Legend, he said, you don't know where you want to go. I got this shit mapped out strong. Yeah, yeah, facts. But I was when you heard me make that noise, it was it wasn't to negate what you were saying because anybody who gets there, I ain't gonna say anybody, but the vast majority of people who've gotten there, it's been it hasn't been some shit they stumbled onto. It, it's you. It starts with the thought. Like whoever is gonna make it there, it starts with that thought. But a hundred thousand people could have that exact same thought. Like a hundred thousand people could say, "I want to be in the NBA and work their hardest to get there." Small percentage is gonna make it. It's only so many spots. But you, the, the people who definitely not gonna make it are the people who saying, "Well, I just want to play basketball to get a scholarship and get through school." If that's your goal, you probably not going to the NBA because you ain't gonna be putting the same you type know, of work. You know, you're towards that plan B. You're not gonna you're not gonna work out it, this hard. Exactly. You're not gonna make the sacrifice because exactly. you're like, well, I can always just get a degree and a job. Uh huh. But the the other thing I want to say though was there is a downside to that. Like when your expectations and your plans aren't uh, aren't being realistic, that could be a problem too. And and that that same drive could backfire. It could lead you to a lot of places that you don't want to end up if you're if you don't have the um what's the word I'm looking for the uh the wisdom to navigate it. Like you you have to have that drive. You have to have that goal. But you also have to have the wisdom to see opportunities when they are there and to see shortcuts that could turn into pitfalls. Like so, the, the, uh, you have to have a sort of intelligence with it. And that kind of brings me to the next thing we want to talk about. Like the, the tiger. So oh, go ahead, go ahead. You point, jump in? Right where you're saying you can have this idea. Like I could say I want to be. I have a goal where I'm, I want to be the number one fucking quarterback drafted in the NFL in three years. I can say that right exactly. now. But right. you, you can say that. You can set that as a goal. You can start doing drills. But the reality is that's not true scientific thinking. Like, there's no basis of your ability to do that. I've never played quarterback before in my life. I've never, you know, any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. So it's like... And let me take it one step further. Like, that would be like that in setting that goal and lacking that wisdom. You might go to the high school and start shooting quarterbacks in the kneecaps. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Like, like you, you 
might be trying to eliminate the competition by finding quarterbacks and Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, so that like, way. They're they, they going to have to get right, in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, no, that's, that's not going to work. So you have to be realistic with yourself. And if you're really thinking about, if you're really p- applying thought to your life, you are, you're self-aware. You know what your skills are. You know what your exactly. talent is. You're not just looking Self-awareness. at, oh, uh, so-and-so just made $100 million playing quarterback. That's the way to go. Not, oh, I'm good at right. this. I know this. And, and that, le- that, that sends me to this quote that I actually shared with you before, where it's, the power to think consecutively and deeply and clearly is an avowed and deadly enemy to mistakes and blunders, superstitions, unscientific theories, irrational beliefs, unbridled enthusiasm, and fanaticism. So mm. it's not enough to have a goal. You gotta, I mean, you gotta be real. It has to be grounded. It has to be grounded in at least some kind of scientific thought around it, clear thought of like, this is going to work because of this. Like, I can do this because right. I, I, I've been introspective enough, self-aware enough that these are my talents. This is, this is my genius level talent. If I focus my interest and attention on this, I can be successful, not just necessarily what is successful out here. Right, right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, in the world we're living in today where people get blinded by the likes, when people... When sex sells, when people would rather go uh, be infamous than famous for something of worthiness, like they, they, they don't give a fuck how they get there as long as people know their names. That fanaticism, those mistakes, those unbridled or that unbridled enthusiasm and irrational beliefs, that might be enough to get to where you want to go. It's not going to be the ideal position, right. but again, we we you just you just watched the Tiger King, like the uh, little that the not the actual series. We watched the series, but it was a um like a Talking Dead type right. thing that just yeah. dropped. So you want to get into that? Yeah. So I didn't watch it, and I didn't watch it because it looked boring. <laughs> it looked like it was just like I, I watched it. I watched the documentary. It was cool, but it was more about okay, well, how's your life now that you've gotten famous from this? So I didn't want to watch that. And then the main guy wasn't right. on it. Him or Carol Baskin. So it was primarily oh, just the people that worked at the zoo was was on it. Gotcha, and it's like gotcha. it's a money grab because it's hey, you know, this zoo's closed. Um, this has got some buzz. Yo, you want to call me right. on Zoom and have some guy that's been on a couple. B-level TV shows with, with a whack person named Donald Glover, then all right, I'll do it. I got nothing to do today. So that's essentially what it was. I didn't watch it. Oh, you said that. But <laughs> the, the fact that Joe Exotic, he ran a successful zoo. At first, his zoo was successful. It wasn't enough. He wanted to be famous. He wanted to be Tiger King. He wanted, he had this image of himself that nobody else at the time saw. But he were, he had a unrelenting drive to make the world see him how he saw himself. And you could say it was overconfidence. You could say it was arrogance. You could say that he was out of touch with reality. But and honestly, he wasn't. Because, his, I mean, he was coming up in an era where, where there's a lot of reality TV shows based upon somebody being a dog whisperer or a bounty hunter. Or, so it, it was very realistic that this guy could become that. But what I want to. Bro, he ran right, for president. You know what I'm so, but what, what point I want to get to. What, what you can't just say right. But, uh, <laughs> That's Realistic. So going back to the whole theory of if you have something in your mind, you're going to see opportunity where it is. So to your point of like, he had a successful zoo, but he had the ambition right. to be a celebrity, to be a reality star. Right. Um, so what does he do? Um, he's running this zoo. Out of nowhere, this Carol Baskin lady comes in and, and complains about his zoo. So instead of just dealing with it tactfully, he makes an enemy of her. Like, now I have this boogeyman, this nemesis that I can create content around. So... If you don't have a rival, create exactly. one. So, 
I just wanted to mention that part of yeah, that's all going towards getting your zoo popping, though. Like, if you were trying to get your zoo popping, he was going about it not necessarily, like you said, the most tactful way, but it was a way that would generate buzz and bring eyes to the zoo, and it, it was working. But that wasn't his end goal. His end goal wasn't to get his zoo popping. It was to get himself popping. So once that shit, once he, so he ended up losing interest with the zoo and not putting the proper resources and time into that and kind of focused on himself. Like, he again, he ended up running for president. It was crazy and ended up taking money from the zoo, putting it into his presidential campaign, even it was though it was clear he wasn't going to win. Wait, no, he ran, he ran for governor yeah, before right. he ran for president. Yeah. Like, so he sunk all this money in this. Meanwhile, the zoo's falling apart and he's breaking all type of laws and shit. And just the whole zoo's going to shit to where somebody else comes in and takes advantage of that, like completely takes the zoo from him. But he's not he's not looking at that because all he wants to be is famous. He didn't give a fuck. So, yeah, that that, that goes into. Okay. That whole thing of like you said the pitfalls like you have this vision of what you want to create mm -hmm. but you find these shortcuts of like oh I got this money here if I win this campaign yep. then I'm governor so whatever law I broke I can fix it because I'm governor so let me go yep. ahead and use this money to try to win this campaign real quick. Meanwhile, you had no chance of winning. But in your mind, you know, you created this own reality exactly. falsely. Uh -huh. So we, it's interesting. We've kind of talked through some people that have been successful in creating their own reality. Jay-Z, Diddy, Drake. But someone who's been unsuccessful is, is the white guy. That could be some bias towards us, too. That's a little bit biased. But that's we're creating our own reality. Bezos being successful, creating his own reality. Bezos, he sounds like he might have some other shit in it. He might have a little brown somewhere down there. He did leave. He's with Laura Sanchez, so he's getting in touch with his Mexican. Bezos, Spanish or something. But... Okay, so I, I wanted to say this. When you were saying that it, it was a cash grab, the uh, the new show that they just dropped, their new episode with the Zoom, and as you were telling me that, an uh, article from TMZ popped up, and it was titled, Huge Crowds Flock to Joe Exotic's Zoo for Reopening After Tiger King. So, it might have been a cash grab, but it was more of a rollout. And, wait, hold on, let me read you a little bit of this. Uh... All right, and it's a picture, it's a video, I'm not going to play the video, but just looking at the video, it's probably 75 people in an enclosed cage, and they're shoulder to shoulder, like, and here, here's the caption, as you can see, tiger cub petting was in full effect, and people sat shoulder to shoulder as they patiently waited for a chance to play with the cubs and meet the zookeeper, Aaron, Eric Cowie. While Joe's no doubt the reason the zoo is buzzing again, coming off his Tiger King fame, the long lines and crowded, it went, the long lines and crowds lined the pockets of the new owner and Joe's former business partner, Jeff Lowe. <laughs> so the dude who came and stole the zoo, who stole the zoo from him, he's the one who's getting the benefits off of this buzz that was created by this guy who got to where he wanted. <laughs> like, he wasn't chasing the money, he was chasing the fame. He got that and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, like, you have a guy with an idea the drive and a lot of times somebody with the means will come in and be the one getting the real yeah, profit. Like this, yeah, this is exactly, yeah, this is another example like the Jeff Lowe guy, he came in, bought into the zoo, um, and mm -hmm. was a bit more. I mean, he has a reality. If he wants to be this playboy, um, you know, make big money, oh, he's definitely stuff. creating his right. own reality. He's doing it successfully. <laughs> he's doing really well at it. You know, he's doing really well with it. So he he's a shining example of someone creating their own reality successfully. Like he's the Ray Crack in this situation. 
Yeah. yeah. If you've got the wife and the Colombian nanny that look like a supermodel, <laughs> he's probably hidden because they are swingers and shit. Like he, he's he's living a different type of life. Right? Well done. <laughs> you know, not that I'm, I'm not a proponent of polygamy, yeah. uh, but I'm only playing unless hey. you don't want to play, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know another thing that stuck out to me about that uh, that whole that the article because this is my first time looking at the article. Full of it's people sat shoulder to shoulder, like ain't nobody got a mask on in this picture, bro. Like they opened up, like so. I guess people just assuming Corona's done. Like no, that shit's still kicking it. Now talking about a, a white man creating their own reality. You know where yeah. I'm going. Go ahead. So. You got to look at the, the demographics of the people that are going to go to the zoo, what they're watching, <laughs> who they're listening to, who they admire. Yep. So, of course, they're going to be shoulder to shoulder with no mask, uh, petting tigers, mm-hmm. because you have a president, the, the most powerful man in the world, referring to this deadly coronavirus, which has actually killed more people than the Vietnam War. It took this yep. disease less than two months to do what the Vietnam War it took over years, I'm sure. I don't know the exact. It's several years over a couple of administrations to accomplish. But yeah, this motherfucker is still sitting up here saying uh, it's going to be like a miracle. It's just going to go away. You know. Yeah, that shit was painful. <laughs> like when I saw that, like way back, and what was that? Uh, February. I'm like, no, it's not. But uh, so. What gets me is, and, and he's actually probably another shining example of white privilege and money allowing you to literally create your own reality, and a lot of people just buying in. Like so, he set up a. All right, so his goal was he wanted to open the country back up because the rich people want the company, the country open back up because they're losing money with people staying at home. People are staying at home because when you go out, you die. A lot of people die, so they're like, "Hey, niggas die every day. <laughs> we don't have a vaccine. We don't have any treatment for this. We won't have it for they were saying a year and a half. So it's either we do this for a year and a half, and everybody stays home and we save the amount of lives that we can, or everybody just go back to work because." It's not going to be getting That's too long to wait. So you can still say, okay, rich people, I got you. We got to protect your money. We're going to get back to normal. And he had a plan to do that. Everybody shut down for this amount of time. When you open back up, these are the steps you take. It's a three-phase plan. That wasn't bad. Like, I, I didn't have nothing against that. But immediately, people started saying, uh, no, not even people. Immediately, the day after he came out with the three-phase plan, he was saying, uh, liberate Michigan, liberate uh, South Dakota, liberate wherever the fuck else, no, no, and right. support your, and they're coming for your guns. Like, so arm yourself. No, like, this was the next day after the three-phase plan, and you get all these protests with all these people not following that. So, it's it's like he created his own reality to, okay, this is how we're going to open the country, but yeah, I'm just going to Thanos that shit and snap my fingers and create another reality that, forget everything I just said, we need to get back, but like, you're the one who said we got to do so, this shit. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Uh, so, looking at it, uh, obviously, Trump has a clear interest in getting the economy back going, because that is his, the only relevant thing he can say really during the election about hey the economy exactly. strong blah 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 and this has put a severe mm, wrench in that but here comes another opportunity around white rage and the things that get people fanatics going to the polls and he's looking at hey if these people are willing to risk their lives and get out here and protest I know they're going to go vote um, and whereas these other motherfuckers are leery they're going to sit at home and not vote so I could probably still win this motherfucker yeah. because of the fanaticism of, of motherfuckers that don't think for themselves
themselves and they and they, they go in, I, I got this this idea around white coats white collars and white skin I guess I don't know where it's like people just automatically believe and just view whiteness in some form of authority and, and the white privilege even trumps the white coat so you got Anthony Fauci out here with the white coat saying hey don't do anything it's fucked up out here but then you got the white right. privilege of the white man in the white house saying nah it's cool like you said niggas die every yeah. day B. like you got Chris Christie yeah. badass out here talking about something well hey open up the economy niggas gonna die and that's a direct quote yep. I'm like how did he get the n-word <laughs> off at fucking New York Times what year are we living in <laughs> right yeah yeah that's my quote direct quote yep <laughs> seems about right but yeah like it, it, it's so crazy because this is the dude that said inject yourself with bleach he clearly doesn't understand how anything works that just makes but, me so uncomfortable that we say that and it's like with no equivocation though the leader of the free world the most important person most important person with the most important job in the world we can sit up here and legitimately say he doesn't know how anything works that's <laughs> very unsettling thought. And, and, well, and I wonder what that's doing to like kids who are in their formative years. You know, with, this is what they're looking at. You know, damn. like you know, yeah, they, they're not going to have that respect for the president. Like it's, it's not going to be there not at all. Like I mean, especially if like you became you you came to consciousness like around 2016. Like so after Obama, all of that shit. Like right. now yeah. they're aware of what's going on, and this is the guy in office, and this is what's going on. Yeah, I gotta feel for those kids. Yeah, my son is eight, and he was telling me how uh, some kid in his class liked Trump or whatever, and he was like, well, how? Why would you do he, He's a racist. Like, he's a clear racist. Like, my son, was, he's eight. Like, so kids are already, and the, the other kids like, he's not a racist, blah, blah. So, like, they're coming up in this, like, and I would say way earlier because it's way more poppy. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah, we didn't have social media. sensationalized. We didn't have any of this stuff yeah. at that age. Like, yeah. People in those positions, they had they had an air of mystique to them you know you didn't see Diddy on fucking Instagram or, or some of this shit that we're seeing now at our age you know so we really looked up but you know what back then and this is crazy because the motherfucker's still on the air but I remember my introduction into the Republicans are really racist and assholes was listening to my pops listen to talk radio as we rode in the car he used to listen to Rush Limbaugh really and yes Why? yes but not, not to enjoy it he would hate why or hate oh. Listen yeah. to it and be like, oh, I can't stand this. And I'm like, if you don't like it, why do you always right. listen to it? And I find myself doing the same and thing. Like, I, I, that's another part of creating your own reality. So for me, like, I, I want to live in a reality where it's not antagonistic, you know, where it's right. not confrontational, right. it's not us versus them, and there's always this fight for justice, and you always got to stomp out injustice and look for the racism. So I'm not sitting up here listening to Fox News or, or any of this kind of stuff looking for these things to be angry about, you know. I barely even watch the news right now. You know, I see the alerts on my phone, and that's that. But um, and I just want—I I don't want to get too off tangent, but it's weird. Like the whole racist thing is like a false flag to me because I would—I hmm. Trump cannot be the most racist person to ever hold the position of president of the United States. I wouldn't even say he's probably the most racist person in our lifetime that has held the office of the hmm. United States. So for us to say. I don't want Trump to be president because he's a racist. That's not enough. Like he's a he's an inept racist. He's an obvious racist. He doesn't have enough respect for the public to tactfully display his racism. I give you that. But he ain't the that, most that's racist. That's the main difference. I guess so. But but like yeah, like you can't tell me that 
Bro, he put kids in cages, bro. Yeah, but um, I get that. But there are other people that put black people in chains, and they put grown ass. They put all not just kids in cages. They put everybody in fucking internment camps. So there, there's been racist presidents throughout. So I'm not gonna say I don't fuck with him because he's a racist. There's a lot of Wait, others. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So. It's a difference between we're at war with the nation, so we're putting these Japanese people in these camps because we can't trust them. Like, we're at war. I'm not saying it's okay, but there's reasoning behind it that I could understand. Like, but as far as we're putting, we're separating families at the border, putting them in cages so people will stop legally coming to this country to seek asylum. So back to your whole point of creating your own reality. Part of creating your own reality is you can change the definition and the severity of words. So you said we were at war, the Korean War, or I don't know, it was World War II, we can't trust Japanese people or whatever. You can, and the, and the word war has been transmuted and been meant to mean so many other things, like the war on drugs, you know. So mm -hmm. Trump can mm -hmm. be looking at, we're at a war against illegal immigration. So he yeah, can look what, at it that he same was saying way. It was, a, uh, it was an invasion. That's what they yeah. call it, an invasion. Yeah. But what it, it that, that's what you're mm -hmm. calling it. But in actuality, under the law, they're refugees fleeing, uh, seeking asylum. Like, there's laws that dictate how you handle that. So there's another element that we haven't brought into this that, that you just saying that really, really hits home for me is the whole notion of cult of personality when creating your own reality, right? So, okay. like you said, it's illegal what he's doing. It's not right. But when you have the cult of personality like a Trump and you already, you have built a career around, hey, you can create your own reality, the art of the deal, look at me, look at So people are already buying into the mystique of who you are. It doesn't matter what you say at that point. It doesn't. It, it matters what you say to the extent of, I'm going to listen and do whatever he says, despite fact checkers, despite the Trump haters and naysayers or whatever. So so you want to have a bunch of motherfuckers that are going to go along with, yeah, this is an invasion. This is, they mm -hmm. are violating this country, and, and they're not native to this country. They don't know, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And people are going to buy into that, no matter. It, it, and that's, yeah. emotion, that's the whole thing of emotion Trump's logic every time. So you have this whole personality, and you create your own reality. You have motherfuckers that don't mm -hmm. want to think for themselves. They're, they're just going to buy into that exactly. like limits. And you know what? And that's cool. When, no, it's not cool. It's far from cool. But that's one thing when it's it's, it's kids, man. Like that's when I knew there was no bottom for the, the Trump supporters because it's kids. Like they're literally kidnapping kids. Some of them are orphans now because they just they didn't keep track of anybody. They don't know where their parents went. They deported the parents. Don't know where the fuck they went. Didn't they, they can't find the kids, so they just don't have parents anymore. But anyway, when. It, it, now it's affecting everybody though like and with this corona shit like when when he says shit like okay this is what we got to do and because he got that from the scientists and then the directly the next day says ah but it's not mandatory like there there's a plant in south dakota a meatpacking plant that that's what's really popping off now like these meatpacking plants in these rural areas like it'll be a rural town but they'll have like corona numbers like a detroit because it's they're, they're working elbow to elbow breathing on each other and shit like and these meatpacking plants ain't shutting down i work in a plant we shut we've been shut down for two months wow like but and, they're not and shutting the wild thing is i'm not eating an engine i'm not eating yeah. you know what I'm, saying? I'm not yeah. eating exactly. anything off a powertrain these motherfuckers is making maybe motherfuckers is chopping up meat and it's they chopping it up and it's going right into the plastic with corona on it right into the mm -hmm. fucking store yeah that's why you gotta make sure you spraying them groceries down bro <laughs> like yeah, i got some uh this like 80 percent alcohol 
this big bottle of sanitizer. Shit, it smells like shit. It's basically like super vodka, but um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, it's, it's designed by like it, it was actually made by a liquor company who like kind of switched over and is like selling sanitizer. Like so, they got these big bottles. You could put it like I put it in the spray bottle every time I get in the car. I spray the steering wheel down, like hit the windshield, hit the uh, door handles and shit. Like when I come in with the groceries, spray that shit. Let it sit on there for like five minutes just in case. Like you can't be too careful. But um, yeah, okay, that's another what, thing um, about creating your own reality, right? Because you know, for our listeners out there who've been going along in the journey, um, I looked at, at Louis Newton as as sort of a chicken little, you will, when it came to this corona initially. It's very nervous, mm-hmm. very on edge about it. And he ends up catching. Yeah, never corona. nervous. Yes, you were, nigga. You didn't want to go to Costa Rica. You know, no, I was nervous about our flight getting canceled. I didn't want to pay that money, and then it turns out we can't go. And that's exactly what the fuck. Yeah, but my whole point is, you were nervous about corona period you were you you can say oh i was aware and i was cynical but there was some some nervousness there some fear and what happened you ended up contracting the corona you're on life support for three weeks like you've lost 150 pounds <laughs> none of you this is basically true. a skull <laughs> in a skeleton in bed, but your voice is working well by the graces of god none of this is well, true my whole point in saying that is if you, you know, you have a, a, a certain fear impacts your immune system. So if you're living in fear of this and you're doing all of these different things, chances are you might catch it, right? As opposed to someone. No. no, no. It's hit me out. It's hit me out. Think uh, about that just being reasonable about it. Like, don't be stupid. Like, I'm not about to be like, you know, being around people and shaking hands and dapping everybody up, right? But you're like, you know, I'll wash my hands, but you're not like walking around in a hazmat suit. Uh, chances are you won't so get it. So fuck a mask. I mean, you'll wear a mask and stuff, but. So what the fuck are you talking about? Like you said, you're spraying everything. You, you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're supposed to spray the groceries. You, you, you in a bath made of Purell, and you know you doing you doing the most. Like I'm not doing all that to my no, groceries. I, I, I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm washing my hands and spraying shit down that comes in contact with other people. Oh yeah, it does make sense. Maybe I should start. Okay, you simplified it. Yeah, maybe you're maybe you're onto something. But I don't know where no spray is at. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I bought bought the big ass bottle of super liquor and shit, and just poured that shit into like uh, a little spray bottle I got from fucking. Oh, um, so you just spraying vodka on everything. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. But it's like for alcohol to be able to uh, kill germs, it's got to be at least eighty percent. That's one hundred and sixty proof. Like normal alcohol is like forty proof or like eighty proof, which is forty percent alcohol. You need to double that. This liquor company started making it like with. I don't even think you can drink that shit. Like it, it smells. Can I spray like, off on everything you, and be straight. No, it's only it's only forty percent alcohol. It's not enough. Well, if I put two bottles of together. Two bottles of Smirnoff, wouldn't that make it 80 proof? That's like if you uh, you was running low on hand sanitizer and then you just poured water in there, like, oh yeah, this will work. Okay, all right. Like, Good no. <laughs> water in it that down. That explains it. So I need to get like some Bacardi 151. That would do it. it it'd be closer, but it'd probably be all sticky. I don't know. Shit with Bacardi. <laughs> they stay safe out and here. expensive. Bacardi 151. <laughs> I know, I know I'm but saying spraying shit with Bacardi, but that shit got so much proof on it. Shit turned on the, shit get it going flames when you spray shit with it. <laughs> right, it's peeling off the fucking, the wood on your table and shit. Yeah, that's not the best idea, I think this through. Bro, yeah, just just be smart, like, do what, and th- this has been my take on it the entire time, like, when the smart people talk, 
I listen when the stupid people talk. I don't like the, this lady. And this was in February. The first lady to come out and say, expect extreme disruption to your life. This was February. Yeah. And I, I was telling you, I'm like, bro, like they talk, they, they talk about she calling her schools, asking about distance learning. Yeah. Three months later, look where yeah. we at. So I, yeah, I've had man. time to prepare for that because when the smart people talk, I listen when they say, hey, don't go around in this type of situation. The president says, no, it's fine. Nobody's going to get it. You don't need to do X, Y, and Z. I listen to the smart people. This nigga literally right, said, well, this corona is like a miracle. It's just going to go away. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. He's the only one who was saying it. Nobody else said it. <laughs> well, Mike Pence said it. Mike Pence. But anyway, so fast forward to now, he's, these meatpacking plants are infecting everybody in the plant who goes home and infect everybody in the neighborhood. And before you know it, like, it's now, that's, it's Corona Central in some fucking bumfuck town in the middle of nowhere. Because it's not that many meatpacking plants. That's so, great. I mean, just the whole they do it all urban there. economics is things are, things exactly. are mass produced in places that are rural. And in places that are rural, they have limited information and, they, and they're not as nuanced about the news they get. They're probably watching Fox News and that's it all day. Until people started dying. And then what? Like, so one of the, what happened in, uh, this wasn't South Dakota. I think this might have been Indiana. Somebody who remained anonymous sued the plant. Okay. Like, so this, this, they sued the plant, not for money, just because there were, there were these guidelines laid out by the, um, the, uh, CDC, I think, or the FDA, one of them, I think it was the CDC. So they said, look, you got to do X, Y, and Z if you want to run. To run safely, you got to do X, Y, and Z. But it wasn't like, uh, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, we come to shut right. you down. It was just, this is what you got to do. They weren't doing it. People were getting it. People were dying. So she sued, didn't want no money, wanted to remain anonymous. And the federal judge said, okay, I'm making this mandatory. You have to do X, Y, and Z if you want to open up because it's a public health catastrophe. Yeah. So that was the only plant that was under, like, you had to do it. So what did the president do? He said, no. You can't shut those plants down. We're going to give you these guidelines, and as long as you're giving it an A for effort, like then you, it is what it is. Like wear masks, give all employees masks if it's feasible. Like every rule had a if you can swing it on the end of it. <laughs> yes, yes. The one plant in North Dakota shot shut down for nine days, open right back up, and they're saying, yes, they're they're doing this and this, but it's still X, Y, and Z happening. And now after the the CDC said put these things out, like and now the CDC is. Somebody got to them to where everything they're saying is if it's feasible and they've never done that shit before. So he's creating his own reality and spreading it to the fucking health industry, which isn't like just right. um, you saying some shit about the shit that happened in Iran or some shit right. like that. Like, no, people's lives are on the line. Yeah. People are it's dying because people's lives are on the line in Iran. But this is more immediate. Now it's getting real. Now it's like your your lack of, of, of seriousness uh, and just blatant bias towards you winning at all costs in the economy mm-hmm. and greed and deregulation is really impacting us directly now. And then also even hitting a, a bit more home, there, there's there's statistics where obviously us is, you know, just if you if you've never seen us before, this podcast is co-hosted by two African American men, right? 14% of the population. But in a lot of states we are representing over 60% of the deaths. Yeah. I lost uh, I uh, 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 uncle, my father had it, my other aunt had it. Uh, 
I, I've got people who went, who've been on ventilators, like in my immediate family. Like this shit ain't no yeah. joke. But one, one thing I will say though is Detroit. Our response to it has been way more um, than I initially thought it would. Like I, I thought we were gonna be one of the worst. Like once it started spreading, and I saw how people were moving. But to his credit, the, the mayor he's gotten testing. Like he's he's testing a lot of people, and he's really focusing on nursing homes, which has been like throughout the country, like one of the hardest, and even worse than the black community is the elderly in these nursing homes because it's not nurses and doctors in these nursing homes caring for these people. Orderlies. It's just yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, like you so got this one job person, or you working at McDonald's pretty much. You don't have the most resources and training to deal with a virus of that this magnitude and that's con- as contagious as this. So what happens is one person gets it, everybody got it. And they, they it hits them harder than it hits other people. Like they, they die. Like and there has been no federal oversight of it. Like nobody was just nobody was talking about it for the entire time until like Rachel Maddow started reporting on it. And then they kinda said, Okay, we're gonna do X do a whole bunch of shit that never happened because you don't listen to what the president says, you watch what he does. That's shout out to Rachel Maddow. She that's her thing. Like, yeah, we try not to listen to what he says, we just watch what he does. So he didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. But some places on the state level and the local levels are like Detroit. Detroit's one that is doing it. The Republican led places are places that kind of aren't. Right. But what they're doing is not testing and saying we don't have to shut down because right. we don't have a problem because we tested these three people over there and they don't have it. Right. <laughs> we have zero cases. And going back to Michigan, so I mean, so it's a lot of con- like going back to initial reality of like just people just dealing with the cold personality of Trump and, and mm-hmm. saying, hey, he's saying it's safe out here. We need to get back to work. We need to you know strengthen the economy. So you had a bunch of Trump leaning, swastika waving, (laughs) AK-47 going up to the Capitol saying, I want to go back to work. I saw this interesting meme where a girl, well, a tweet where a girl said, you're showing up with an assault rifle to demand to go back to work. Why don't you just go rob a bank, you loser? (laughs) But anyway, with that, like, and, and, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Gretchen Whitmer for holding the line. You know what I'm saying? We we, we anointed her Big Gretch and we bought her buffs. But another thing that somebody said. Said that was an important point. Like what it was like this dude said I ain't I'm not I'm not co-signing giving big Gretch some buffs until she handled what's going on at Flint. The fuck is going on with y'all? Mm, that's real in fact but that's people say shit like that and I'm not saying um, that she shouldn't be handling Flint or or that I'm familiar with exactly what she's doing right now with it but I remember when she got elected and how she came in she completely reopened that shit and said we're looking into the 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 phone records of Rick Snyder and like she said that the, the fucking investigation was bungled and this and this and this and I think she hit some shit from higher up because that was just kind of the last I heard but like she was trying to do this shit and this and this and then like you just started hearing less and less about it so I don't know where they're at well, was, I, well, the thing is I pay att- I, me as somebody who pays attention to politics and shit and shit like that I don't know about it so I know the motherfuckers who's sharing right. that <laughs> you, you don't know what the fuck is right. going on that shit could have been fixed last week and you wouldn't know right. you know what I'm saying like you're just sharing a meme yeah but I, I get it but as far as these fucking I got a question confederate flag I'm sorry go ahead oh. Yeah, as far as these Confederate flag waving protesters and shit, like um, F. Scott Fitzgerald said, a test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. So 
I say that to say I unequivocally support these people's right to protest. Like people say, oh, well, why they why they not arresting them? But they giving people tickets at Rouge Park. Like, OK, you at Rouge Park. Like you shouldn't be at Rouge Park. You shouldn't be out there protesting. But that's your First Amendment. Right. When you start to say you can't you, we're stripping you of your First Amendment right to political speech, like you're not allowed to publicly disagree with me. That's open up a whole different can of worms than just we wanted to barbecue. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. So that's the first part. I respect their right to protest. I hope that the second but part is to that point. I, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, go ahead. Second point. But I got something to say. The second about that part is the second part is. I hope they all get corona and die. <laughs> like, so I hold these two thoughts in my head. Like, yeah, you have the right to go out there. I encourage it, and I hope you die. <laughs> but uh, the First Amendment is not just free speech. It is the right of the people to peaceably assemble. So I can peaceably assemble and barbecue or peaceably assemble and ghost ride the, rip, the whip on some hypey shit. So that should be okay. the same as somebody going to, to the Capitol and protesting. If I'm going to go to Belle Isle and barbecue, I shouldn't get a ticket. Why, this motherfucker got an AK-47 banging on the governor's door saying, let me in so I can go back to... All right, so peacefully assembling is geared towards public speaking, like in your voice, like the, you can't peacefully assemble on a fucking, uh, in a gas station. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta be on public. That's called loitering. Okay, that's private property. Yeah, it's not public. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't peacefully assemble in the middle of a street with you and 300 of your people without going through the proper channels. Like you gotta get, uh, you have to get, um, permits and shit if you want to do that shit because you're creating a disturbance like that's that's the thing like otherwise they'll look at it like a riot like nah you you can't do this shit but you have the right to protest when you start taking that away and even if it is just to barbecue like even when you barbecue sometimes you got you got to get a fucking uh rent those fucking gondolas and little sheds and shit you can't just go in there because you know other people might but anyway so I, I say that to say it's a difference when you're actively disagreeing publicly with the government to silence that is different than saying you can't be in the park. You know what I'm saying? Like now, it, it's a whole different connotation. And the, the, the right call would be, yeah, let, let them do that shit. Hope they get corona and die. Yeah. I mean, because they're not adding any value. Like you, you, you're show, you, you want to say you have rights of life and all this kind of stuff, but you're willing to put people to death for the economy, type of thing. And so, but yeah, that's just gross. And that's another part of the whole whatever is going on. If I'm following this person who's this cult of personality who doesn't use sound judgment, but just has the ability because of their privilege to say a thing and people are going to believe it, this is what you want. You know what? All right, this is completely off that topic, but kind of going back to some shit we was talking about before. This Joe Exotic motherfucker, man. Talk about create your own reality, man. Like, Think about this shit. He's got these husbands, these young male husbands who, who on, are on record saying, yeah, I'm not gay. Like, I just like meth. And he got meth. <laughs> like, so he's taking advantage of these young boys and shit. Imagine if they were women. Uh-huh. But uh, he would be looked. Yeah, he would be looked at like R. Kelly, bro. You you got this fucking. But go, go they, ahead, were, what you they say? were. They made a point of saying that he met them like after they graduated from high school. So they were people Who like gives the fuck? they were like kids out of high school that that he he cruised the high school graduation. I guess it, it, exactly. <laughs> and pay and and bought their love with drugs like weed and meth and shit, and then apples. allowed them to leave. Yeah, one of them had to kill himself. To actually say, all right, you know, I actually want to be a father and marry this, this, this below average woman. 
<laughs> no, you're, but I'm no you're not gay if like you go from being gay to like being with a fat unattractive woman. Like you're really not gay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you do not do super not gay. <laughs> but again, like what if it was women? Like what if it was like eighteen year old girls, like people were during this R. Kelly shit. You have to. <laughs> no, because yes. they were, were both. They were nineteen. He was recruiting these people fresh out of high school. I'm pretty sure a young Hugh Hefner in the seventies was cruising high school, saying, "Hey, girl, what are you doing after this? Why don't you be a Playboy bunny and live this live this exotic lifestyle?" So I know this motherfucker was talking to girls that were well below sixteen, grooming them okay, to be a part so, of the Playboy mansion. So, so let's not say R. Was, Kelly. Let's say Hugh Hefner. Leave R. Kelly out. Of no, no, no. The the difference is. They're allowed to leave. Like, you can take that fame that you get from Playboy and go be Pamela Anderson and star in Baywatch, Thanks. and now you're a cultural staple. Facts. You could be Jenny McCarthy, who's on The Masked Singer right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to... Like, the, the dude with the no teeth from Joe Exotic, he's going to be that for the rest of his life. You're the Joe Exotic husband who's addicted to meth for the rest of your life. Yeah. He wasn't getting these well, girls What about because oh, he I'm got a put on smack. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that at all. We're having a good episode. Keep going. Yeah, like, in the, the R. Kelly thing, the comparison isn't, but it, it, it is kind of because, like, picture when they were older and everybody was saying, oh, well, if that was my daughter, I don't care if she was over 18, I'd go kick the door down and blah, blah, blah. Like, if it's a girl, but it's, it's a young dude riding an ATV and shit, just smoking weed. Like, it, it's not that same, nobody's telling that mother that, oh, she should have got a gun and went and kicked his door down and blah, blah, blah. But... They had the ability to leave. He was keeping them prisoner, basically. And this isn't me saying it. This is them saying, oh, he would trip anytime I tried to leave. He didn't let me have any contact with anybody outside of this compound. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. Well, and another thing I want to, you know, about this creating your own reality is it's a rare thing. A lot of people, most people, and I mean, obviously, I don't have any statistics. This is just like a cursory observation of just life after being on this earth for, you know, 30 plus years is most people don't think for themselves. Most people are looking for somebody to show them the way and to follow. So for the person that actually thinks for themselves, a lot of advantage comes to that, whether good or bad. Obviously, with Joe Exotic, cool. it ended up bad. Essentially, you know, so you're you're a name without the without the money now. You're you're locked in jail. But when he had this reality, like he was able to find some dudes that were able to go along with that because they didn't have the capacity to to have independent thought and think for themselves. They just went ahead and just rolled with this guy, even though that's not what they were. But by force of will, he was able to get them to comply, and even though they weren't gay, he gave them meth and tigers, and they got it popping. <laughs> you know? So, I mean... Oh, pop that shit for real, nigga, man. That's what he told him. You want this meth? We'll pop that shit for real. Oh, wow. Damn, that note. <laughs> Been another oh, episode of Anthropophagy, where we mind and mind culture. You got your boy, Silky out here, Lou Money the Silk Man El Sedoso, uh, giving y'all game out here, man, you know what I'm saying your thoughts dictate your life like Marcus Aurelius said the universe is changed our lives are what our faults make it, you know what I mean yeah, it's been a, uh, another great episode, thanks y'all for tuning in, and you know it's your boy Louis Newton, the people's champ, the quarantine kings, you know giving y'all that content to past the time. Uh, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, no. As always, keep it locked with anthropophagy. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're a podcast of the people. So, if you ever got a topic you want us to talk about, go ahead and email us, anthropophagy 
at gmail.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and keep it locked. Peace. Peace.